Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study, Biblical Lessons from the Battlefield of Life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It's my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over many years of living as a Christian, as well as serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for a further Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. Today, I'd like to cover a topic that I believe is very important for a Christian to understand, the Christian and the news. I am sure you would agree that we live in a news-saturated world, and we need to be honest in answering the question, does the news use you, or do you use the news? Let's begin by reading John 17, verses 15 through 17, and Romans 16, verses 17 through 20, which will outline a couple of basic principles from God's word for us. First of all, John chapter 17, verses 15 through 17. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And then when we turn over to our second passage for a basic principle, it is found in, uh, in Romans chapter 16, and I'll be reading verses 17 through 20. Now I beseech you, brethren, Romans 16, 17, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer and begin our study. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word that guides us and directs us in all areas of our lives. And we thank you for the opportunity to look at this subject of the news today. And thank you for the biblical principles that we can apply. Keep our minds clear and our hearts open, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. When we take a look at the idea of the Christian and the news, the question that I mentioned earlier is the one we want to cover in a little more detail. Does the news use you or do you use the news? You know, when you think about the news, you go back to the old days when I was growing up and there were primarily three television stations, ABC, CBS, NBC, and they would have an evening news and a nightly news. And actually back in those days, after the nightly news, the TV would go off till the next morning. There was a transition, however, in 1980, Ted Turner and cable TV began starting a news network, and now there were 48 half-hour segments a day. In a 24-hour day, you had 48 half-hour segments, and all of a sudden, news began to explode in every direction. But now we see news today has even exploded more. We've got not only the three major networks, but we have numerous more, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and uh, others. And also we've got multiple radio stations and talk radio 24 hours a day, newspapers replaced with the internet. 
We've got iPhones, instantaneous news at our fingertips, and even Facebook and other areas too. So I believe that we can all agree that we are living in a news-saturated world. There's just news coming at us from every direction 24 hours a day. One of the commentators I read today, actually, from CNN said this, America's problems are real, but the news coverage needs to keep it in proportion. And it's true. Things are just out of proportion. We're in a news-saturated world. It's also true that it's not only a news-saturated world, but it's a world that is based upon sensationalism. It's designed to keep and to capture our minds and our attentions. And not only that, but we also find out that much of today's news capitalizes on negative events. We learned this years ago when our daughter Marjorie was a student in college and working at a, a TV station, and she had the opportunity to send news crews out on the weekend, and she was given clear instruction if it bleeds, it leads. You've heard that before, I'm sure. And so we find ourselves in a situation today where we are transitioned into a new saturated world. It's based upon sensationalism and it capitalizes on negative events. And the question mark would be, what is a Christian to do? Should we just bury our head in the sand? Well, we really can't do that. And I believe our Bible gives us the answers to what we can do to keep the Christian and the news in the proper perspective. What do I mean by that? Well, we read two passages already that I said were going to give us two basic principles. And the first basic principle from John chapter 17 and verse 15 is this, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. So the principle is this, we are in the world, but we should be kept from the evil. Now, the question mark is, well, how do we do that? Well, the answer tells us in the passage, verse 17, sanctify them. The word sanctify means set them apart. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So we are in a position, when we look at this first basic principle, that we are in the world, but we should be kept from the evil of the world. And the way we do that is by measuring everything by the yardstick of the truth, and that truth is the Word of God. We are to be aware of the times that we live in. Obviously, we know that. First Chronicles 12.32 says that the children of Ishakar they understood the times to know and to do. And we need to know so we can do, but we have to keep it in balance, and we have to make sure that being in the world, we're not consumed by the evil of the world, and that being in the world, we're getting our truth from the Word of God. So that's the first basic principle we see. But look at a second basic principle about the Christian in the news. It's in that Romans 16 passage, starting at verse 17. Uh, I'm going to summarize, we read all this earlier, and I'm going to summarize with just verse 19. For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. But yet I would have you be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. It is important for us to recognize that we are to be wise concerning that which is good. And of course, that which is good to be the word of God. And we're to be simple concerning that which is evil. And obviously evil are those things that are going on in the world today that are sensationalized and reported so much in all these news avenues. So we have to keep these principles in line. 
In fact, I wrote down on my notes for us today this about basic principle number two. We are not to allow the times in which we live to fill our mind or occupy our time to the extent where we allow them to control us rather than God and his word control us. We are to, uh, we are in a time which we are to live to fill our mind, or excuse me, we are not to allow the times in which we live to fill our mind or occupy our time to the extent where we allow them to control us rather than God and his word. Romans 16, uh, verses 17 to 20, just summarized there in verse 19. So with that introduction in mind and those two principles, John 17, 15, we're in the world, not of the world. The yardstick should be the yardstick of truth, which is the word of God. And number two, the basic principle from Romans 16, 17, that we are to be wise unto that which is good and simple concerning that which is evil. Now, how do we apply that to our life? Well, there's two things I want to note. It's already been given to you in the introduction. It's going to be two points to the outline of today's lesson. The first one is this, the news using you. How does the news use you? Well, take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians, if you would. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16, we see one of the ways in which the news uses you. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 16 reads this, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. We all have a certain amount of time each day. And we have certain responsibilities and requirements on that time. And we have to learn to manage that time. Now, news can oftentimes rob us of that time and cause us to waste a lot of time. What do I mean by that? Well, let me give an example. Eyes can drift from one insignificant story to another. Did you ever have that happen? You pull up the news and you start reading this and you read this and you read that headline, read this, read this, read this. And before you know it, a whole bunch of time has gone by and you've really not learned anything or really not gained anything. You've kind of went from one insignificant story to another or read a story that could be summarized in a paragraph that took pages. We've got to be careful of how we get our news and we have to be careful that we don't waste a lot of time on insignificant stories. By the way, when our eyes drift into insignificant stories and that captures our attention and our minds, then the danger is we start conversations that drift from one insignificant story to another. Uh, we get in conversations with people and we find ourselves discussing things, talking about things, arguing maybe, even complaining about things. And before we know it, all this time is gone. So we have to learn to control our time. And one of the ways news is using us is when the news wastes our time. Scan the news for important things. Highlight the articles that are written about them. Keep worthwhile reading material and worthwhile and good sources of material handy to read. But be careful that you don't allow your mind to be occupied by these insignificant stories and insignificant conversations that have been motivated by the news using you. The second thing regarding the news using you, I believe, is this. The news can pollute your mind. The news can pollute your mind. Take your Bibles and go to Colossians chapter 2. Great passage of scripture. 
Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 4 through 8. And as we go to the book of Colossians, we'll notice the Apostle Paul, under inspiration, warning the people of Colossae about the danger. And as they uh, write in this, as he writes in this passage of Scripture, he outlines it pretty carefully in verses 4 through 8. Colossians 2, beginning at verse 4. And this I say, lest, now again, doesn't mean it has to happen, but it could happen. This I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, join in beholding your order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware, lest, here again is that warning, doesn't need to happen, beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Not only does the news use you in that it can waste your time, but also the news can use you by polluting your mind. It can teach you things that are contrary to the word of God. I believe that could be summarized in this passage by looking at verse 8, traditions of men, where men put their traditions about the word of God. Also, rudiments of the world. Rudiments is the idea of marching steps, marching to the world and its false teaching rather than the truth of God's teaching. And the news can pollute your mind. It can teach you things that are contrary to God's word and in many times even convince you that they're true when they're absolutely not. Gambling's a disease. Abortion is a choice. On and on the list can go. But not only do we see the news can pollute your mind by its teaching, but also the news can pollute your mind by its tempting. Turn back with me, if you would, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, and notice verse 28. <clears throat> Matthew, and chapter 5, and verse 28. When we look at this passage of Scripture, we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, and the Lord Jesus makes an application here that we need to apply when we're taking a look at the news today. Matthew chapter 5, verse 28 says this, But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Where we saw that our mind can be polluted by teaching in Colossians chapter 4, and spoil us or rob us of the blessings of God, we now see that also our mind can be polluted by temptation that's drawing you the way of the world or drawing you away from the things of God. It says that whosoever looketh on a woman that lust after hath committed already, excuse me, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. And then we learn in verse 29, verse 30, there's steps you need to take to make sure you don't follow that path of temptation. And that can happen with the news. The news teaches that wrong is right and right is wrong and attempts us to believe that. And we have to draw a line and make sure we don't become victim to that. And thirdly, I'd like to cover this. I know we're moving quickly, but hopefully it's whetting your appetite for even further examination of these passages. But the third thing is this. The news using you, it can waste your time. The news using you, it can pollute your mind. And the news using you, it can rob your peace and joy. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. 
The news can rob your peace and joy. When we go to the book of Philippians chapter 4, we have the Apostle Paul writing again under inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's in prison. He's not in the best situation by any stretch of the imagination. And yet he writes these precious words, beginning at verse 4 of Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Rejoice in verse 4. The peace of God in verse 7. Be careful or anxious about nothing. Don't worry about things. Verse 6. And we say, well, how can we do that? Well, the answer is in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. The news can rob you of your peace and joy. The fact is that most news is bad news. We know that. Crime, violence, politics, war, etc. As I read earlier, that quote from that man today, you know, it just uh, proportionately just distorts it and makes it sound like it's right out your front door. Also, it tends to be very uh, depressing. Uh, you hear that news and all the bad things going on and you think, what can I do? And you feel like a victim and, and you just don't even get any good sleep sometimes because you're listening to the news and as you're so troubled, and keeps you up and awake at night. I have an article here by a psychologist. Uh, his name is Graham Davey, and he summarizes it very, very well when he talks about the broadcasters emotionalizing their news and doing so to emphasize any potential negative outcomes of a story, no matter how low the risk of those negative outcomes might be. This is called scaremongering and is a every available opportunity in order to sensationalize and to emotionalize and to upset and keep people tuned in for the next segment. The article goes on and on, has some really good material to it. I don't really need to go into that with you because you know that. You can be having a good day. You've had your devotions. You've had breakfast with your family. You turn on the news and all of a sudden everything crashes down around you. You have a good day. You've gotten to work, you've got your job done, you come home, you tune on the news, and all of a sudden your day just crashes in upon you. Yes, it is true that the news can use you. It can waste your time, Ephesians 5.16. It can pollute your mind, Colossians 2 and Matthew 5. And it can certainly rob your peace and joy, Philippians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. But I mentioned to you earlier, there's two points, and that is you using the news. And this is what we want to make clear in this broadcast. That does not mean that Christians, in order to view the news, just bury their head in the sand and just ignore it. That's not true. Jesus didn't do that, and we shouldn't be doing that either. Take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 13. It may have surprised you when I said Jesus didn't do that, but we're actually going to look at one example out of many that we could find in Scripture, but this is a pretty succinct example, and I think it'll make our point very clear. When you take a look at Luke chapter 13, 
there are the first five verses of this chapter that clearly show us Jesus using the news. And the news not using him, but him using the news. Listen as I read in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Or of the eighteen upon whom the tower of Siloam fell, and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwell in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Jesus points out two news events in his day. Pilate actually committing murder, and then also an accident where a tower fell and 18 died. Now, when we look at this, we can outline it in this way. The news may provide a door opener for you to witness. The news may provide a door opener for you to witness. Did you notice how Jesus did that? The murder by Pilate of these Galileans, verses 1 and 2. The accidental death of the 18 as the tower fell in the verse 4. Uh, what did he do? He turned that around and asked, Nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. Verse 5, Nay, except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. These were tragic incidents. People died. But Jesus said, you know, really, in essence, I can't do anything about what Pilate did, and I can't do anything about that tower fell on these men, but I can ask you this question, are you ready to die? You may face murder. I'm sure those who were murdered weren't planning on it. You may face an accident that'll cause your death. I'm sure those who were building the tower weren't planning on that. But listen, folks, let's take a look at the news, but let's apply it. Are we ready to die? Nay, but except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. He used it as a door opener to witness to people about their need to be saved and ready for heaven. Notice number two, using the news. The news may provide illustrations for you to share the gospel. That's exactly what the Lord Jesus is doing here. He knew the news, he applied it, and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ. Spurgeon wrote when he was, you know, the famous pastor Spurgeon, uh, he wrote this, I have read the newspaper during the last three months in order that I might find illustrations of the teachings of our Heavenly Father's world, and I think I've not read in vain. Also, John Newton, the composer of Amazing Grace, wrote this, I read the newspapers in order that I may see how my Heavenly Father governs the universe. Jesus used the news. Spurgeon used the news. John Newton used the news. Many others used the news, especially as a door opener to speak to people about their need for Christ and need for salvation. The news may provide prayer. Uh, certainly, as you read this news article back in that day what Jesus was in, you want to pray for the families of those who had their loved ones killed by Pilate. You want to pray for the families of those who lost their loved ones doing an honest day's work in the tower falling. Uh, it fuels us for prayer. The news may provide a forum for note or letter writing. 
Oftentimes, I've read something in the paper and then written the letter to the editor, something that distorted scripture, and I shared scripture, and they printed it and got the word of truth out to counter the word of error. A letter to an individual to comfort them. Maybe you knew these people. We had a man back in one of our ministries that would go through the um, death notices and would send these families a very sweet note and a sweet track And when he found that certain people had died. Didn't even know them, but he would mail it to them and encourage them, say he was praying for them. Um, all kinds of different opportunities that we can think of. And the news can provide opportunities for rejoicing too. Even bad news can do that. Take your Bible again, we're in Luke 13, and turn over a few pages to Luke chapter 21, verse 31. Now, in this passage of scripture, things are bad. And Jesus is talking about the end times and what's going to happen and different things like that. But he says this in chapter 21 and verse 31. He says these words, So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Now, obviously, for we Christians today, we're looking for the rapture of the church. We're looking to be taken out before the tribulation period. And it's interesting because, in essence, what he's saying is, look what's coming to pass, look at the news of the day, and then know ye that the kingdom of God is at hand. And it goes further in chapter 21, in verse 36, it says this, Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So as he's talking about the end days and talking about the end times, he says, know, verse 31, and watch, verse 36, and pray, verse 36, knowing that the Lord is in control and the Lord is at hand. One of the little illustrations of this that I thought was so sweet years ago, I heard it, Dr. Cummins uh, was pastoring up in Michigan, and he was a big Michigan fan, and he would really get into the football games, the Michigan uh, college games. And one day he came back from visitation, was sitting in his recliner, and his wife wasn't home, and he was watching a Michigan-Ohio State game, and Michigan was losing terribly. And his wife walked in and saw the game and saw what was happening, and she looked at him and said, are you okay? And he said, I'm fine. And she thought, well, he doesn't seem to be upset at all, and his team's losing poorly. And so she waited a little bit, came back in. Are you okay? And he said, yes. She said, I, I don't understand this. Your team is losing, and you're sitting here, and you're fine. And he said, honey, he said, this is a replay. They played the game earlier today, and I know in the end, Michigan wins. It was so interesting to me to hear that illustration. And when you think about the news today, and we see all these things happening, all these things taking place, what's our view? Uh, do we have a view of, of panic and a, and a view of, of, of concern and care and troubled and everything? Or do we realize, you know what? God's in control. He's won the game. It's just being played right now. And as it's being played right now, it's not always pleasant. Luke 21 talks about that. But you know what? We can watch. We can know, verse 31, God's in control. He's winning. We can know, verse 36, watch, therefore, and we can pray, verse 36, pray always. And we can trust in the Lord to help us through these times. Now, what concerns me is when it comes to the news today and this news-saturated world, many Christians are falling victim to letting the news use them 
rather than them use the news. It's robbing them of their um, time. It's robbing them of their um, mind. It's robbing them of their peace and their joy. When the truth of the matter is using the news is an opportunity for us to see what's going on and use it as a testimony for the Lord. One thing I want to mention too before I close, and I have to do that the day that we're in today, and that is, would you notice in our conclusion there's a need to verify before you terrify? When it comes to the news, verify before you terrify. There is so much false news out there today, and there's so much doctored news out there today, doctored photographs and everything else, reporting things that just are not true. I can give you a whole list of examples of this, and I'm sure that you understand, too, many of the examples, things that people supposedly said that they never said, things that were supposedly done that were never done. Um, I, I think of one of them during some of these protests. They showed the Vietnam Memorial being totally uh, totally vandalized, and, and they showed that, and I thought, is that really true? And I checked it out, and here it was something from three years ago, and the fellow who did it, it was on a Vietnam Memorial uh, traveling display, and this fellow vandalized it. He got caught. He's in prison. This happened years ago, but they shared it in the news like it happened today, and it was the memorial in Washington, D.C. And very upsetting, but when you verify before you terrify, it can keep you from getting pretty bent out of shape over things that maybe you just shouldn't be so bent out of shape over. Even when you hear somebody said something, verify before you terrify. It might not be as bad as what you're seeing shared in the news. Well, I'm going to have to stop here because of time. I told you 20 or 30 minutes, and this is going to be 30 minutes, so I better stop, but I could keep going. But I hope it's been a help to you. I really believe that the Christian needs to have the proper view of the news because uh, you have to ask that question, are you allowing the news to use you or are you using the news? This has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Marty Macedo. You may email me at macedofhm.com gmail.com. That's M-A-S-I-T-T-O-F-H-M at gmail.com. Lord willing, we'll post another episode next week. Remember, does the news use you or do you use the news? Thank you for listening and have a great day.